Lay. Sir. Yeah. Yeah. Kane is in the building, nigga. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast, previewing the 2019 Houston Open. You can find the podcast on Twitter at Always Press DFS and all of your listening locations. And if you give a rating review, we'd much appreciate it. I'm on Twitter at BDentric and my co-host, as always, on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. Jesse, how are you doing, man? Doing well. How are you doing? I am doing well, doing well. After a Kevin Knott victory, I am always doing well. <laughs> it, was, it was good times. It was, it was great theater. It was great theater. So let's just get into the recap of the Shriners Open. It, like, it wasn't the, the big names. Brooks Kepka missing the cut. Yeah, everyone saw that one coming and, and a couple other things. But uh, Patrick Cantlay, for the third straight year, he's gone victory second, playoff second. Like The dude owns that golf course. He played great. Kevin Na and him, like two polar opposites. When you look at, you know, tee to green stats and all that good stuff. But Kevin Na, second victory in the last calendar year, Jesse. Yeah, it's pretty uh, impressive by him, obviously. Um, I, I, I think it was like his third victory in his last 30 starts. I saw somebody tweet uh, yesterday, for, which is. For Na? I find yeah. that hard to believe because Greenbrier was his first one. Did he have a win after the Greenbrier before this one? Uh, let's see. He's not in the field this week, is he, obviously? Let's no, see. he's not. He's taking the week uh, off. He's enjoying Vegas. We'll go back a week. Kevin. No. Game log. So he won the Shriners Open, won the Charles Schwab Challenge. And then if we go back a little bit further, this is really good podcast content here. He also, his last one before that was... The Greenbrier. So that was, um, yeah, probably three within 30. Okay, nice. That's yeah, impressive. So Gre- Greenbrier, then Charles Schwab, then, uh, then this last week. And, yeah. yeah. That's a doozy. But uh, it's kind of like what we talked about before is it was a, going to be a putting contest, and he had the hot putter. He made more feet of putts than anybody that's one on tour. He, um, I believe he told me. He was like negative T to green, like the worst T to green guy to ever win on the, on the PGA Tour in the history of T to green stats. It was just wild. And the, the crazy part is Cantley, I think, was the best T to green in the in the field that week. And Na was the worst. And Na beat him because he could putt better. Yeah. Did you see um, – did you watch the like toward the end of it there? I watched the 18th hole and then all the playoffs, yes. Well, on 17, you know, Cantley hit it in the water. And then Naw hit it right over into a just a dead lie in a bunker on a downhill lie with with water on the other side. So he had to throw it out way to the right. And he buried like a he buried like a twenty footer. I mean, like it was just nuts. So twenty two feet eight inches is what he is what the putt was. And just I mean, the dude obviously his putter was just on fire. Two strokes gained yes yesterday, five in his ten birdie. Eight par round on Saturday. I think he shot what he shoot 60, 61. 61, Shot 62, 62 the day before, gained five strokes putting. That's insane. Straight putting contest. (laughs) I mean, 10 10 strokes in two days. That'll that'll shoot you up the leaderboard. Um, But yeah, man, 
fucking putting contest. That's what I mean. The scores were just insane on DraftKings too. I was looking yeah, at some of the scores in in the Slack there, and I mean seven hundred plus points, man. That's wild. Seven hundred plus points for usually we see that in like the WGC match play. <laughs> yeah, not in, not in this. I don't think I've ever seen a seven hundred in a regular stroke play event. I can't remember the last time we were that high in a stroke play event, but yeah, man, Cantley obviously loves the golf course. Um, and, uh, so yeah, Kevin Nall gets it done. Pat, your boy, Pat Perez was up there too, out of nowhere. I was looking at the the scoreboard there on yesterday and man, I didn't realize Pat played shocked. so well. I yeah. was shocked Pat played so well because he's been struggling and also Pat in Vegas is like a, a bond like no other. So I figured he had some other activities going on. Maybe that's why he was so relaxed. Maybe it was. Maybe he had, you know, that special CBD gum and stuff and having his Vegas life. Who knows? But, how, about, uh, yeah. how about Brooks getting beat by his, his brother Chase? Yeah. yeah, and then I see on um, his, Brooks's girl's Instagram uh, Saturday night, they were all out partying. So it looks like it really broke Brooks's heart to, to miss the cut this week. But, yes, it was good for Chase because they were talking about how he he missed out on the European quality. Like, he's playing on the European – like travelers tour or something because he can't qualify, but he's over here trying to qualify for something else after this tournament. Like he had some weird thing going on. He's yeah. He played really good golf for a guy that can't make it on a tour. Let's put it that way. Yeah. He played real, the first two days. It, Saturday was really bad for him, but he brought it back Sunday with 300 par and got a paycheck. Tie a six or 67th place finish. Um, yeah. Phil, had, Phil it, finished, it, Phil finished right around him. Did he? Yeah, Phil barely made the cut. It was a typical Phil fashion. He shot six under on Thursday. Things were looking great. I tune in Friday when I get home. He's in the afternoon pairing, so he's on TV. First time I see him, he's in some desert behind a rock because <laughs> it was feeling can't get off the tee. I'm like, oh, this is beautiful. Yeah, I think he I think he shot like two under on Friday, makes the cut, and shot one under for the weekend. So wasn't a, an overall great thing, but I guess it's a step in the right direction for Phil Mickelson. Yeah, better than a missed cut, especially in that in that field. Anyways, uh, Bry- Bryson made a Sunday charge. Finau shot great on Saturday, but didn't do much on Sunday. So some of the big guys did their thing, but it was a lot of uh, surprising names, to say the least. And, and still, Brooks Brooks missing the cut. You know, Hideki misses the cut at Safeway. Brooks misses the cut at the Shriners. You're sitting there going, what in the world is going on? Yeah, on the bright side, when we talk about the Houston Open, there's only Keegan Bradley and Henrik Stenson in the top 50 world, world golf rankings. So anybody that misses the cut outside of those two can't be that surprised. No. But all right, we're talking Houston Open now. Let's move on to that. It is the 2019 Houston Open. It used to be earlier in the year. It's now in the fall swing with the new scheduling and all that good stuff. Why don't you give us some past event history, Jesse? Yeah, so played at the uh, the Golf Club of Houston, um, obviously in Houston, Texas. I I did read something where uh, they got a bunch of rain, uh, that, that tropical storm that was recently like just stalled out over top of the Houston area um, and that a couple of the greens or, or holes were underwater for a couple of days. I don't know exactly how that'll play into this, but normally this, the other, the other issue with this tournament is it's typically in the past has been played in the spring, right before the masters until last year's new, uh, their, their, the new schedule. And basically they, this tournament for lack of a better term got fucked um, and pushed to the fall. And then, this field is just probably the worst ever, if I'm guessing. Um, typically, you had some decent names before because guys were still trying to get into the Masters, but 
anyways, uh, so that's the, the golf course is liable to play a little bit different. The grass is going to be different. So long story short on it, Ian Poulter was your 2018 champion in a playoff over Bo, Bo Hostler, uh, which is what sparked the Ian Poulter run in 2018, just playing great golf, kept it off with a, uh, Ryder cup ass whipping of the United States of America. Um, Russell Henley was the 2017 champion. He shot 20 under, three shots over Sun Kang. Uh, Poulter was 19 under. Um, 2016, Jim Herman was the champion. One shot over Henrik Stenson. J.B. Holmes was the 2015 champion, 16 under in a playoff uh, with Jordan Spieth and Johnson Wagner. Uh, past Other past winners like Phil's won this tournament. Anthony Kim, past winner of this event. Adam Scott Damn. won a long time ago. B.J. Singh won it back-to-back. He's actually won it three times, but uh, Paul Casey was a winner. I mean, like, there's not a whole lot of past winners in the field. Yeah, it's it's like you said. They used to come to get ready for the Masters because they used to to make the the course similar to the Masters. Hey, didn't even come back. Yeah, and that's surprising. <laughs> you think the defending champion would would show up, but at the same time, I respect it. I respect yeah, it. <laughs> He's over there in Europe doing his thing, probably driving his cars around, loving life. Not worrying about this, so um, it would have been cool to see Poulter there. I think, I think it's going to start seeing the rotation. You know, we saw a decent, a better field than normal at Safeway. Maybe that kind of rotates to Houston next year, because they have to get their numbers in each year, all that kind of good stuff. So the fall swing will be interesting to say the least. And right now, with the Asian events coming up here pretty soon, and Tigers event and all that, these guys play aren't going to do too much more before all that good stuff. So we'll see. But uh, when we talk about the course, you mentioned the Golf Club of Houston. It's right outside of Houston, Texas. Um, it's the tournament course there. It's a par 72, 7,441 yards. It's a long, long golf course, but usually outside of this rain event they just had, they keep it uh, fast and firm, so you get a lot of roll and stuff. But with this rain, we'll have to see how that plays out with some practice rounds here. Like I said, it's It's long. There's five par fours over 460 yards, so you got to get it out there at the same time. Some guys say you can bomb it. Other guys say if you don't, if you're not accurate when you bomb it, you're in trouble because after about anywhere from 300 to 325 yards on a lot of the holes, the fairway starts to get super narrow and you can get into trouble. So some guys say you got to take it easy off the uh, off the drive uh, off the um, tee box. Other guys like to uh, stay aggressive and do their thing. There's nine water hazards out there on nine different holes, and Phil Mickelson has said it, and he'd know better than anybody. There's water ha- or there's not there's hazards on every hole out there. If you're not accurate off the tee you're going to find yourself in trouble. So it's a very tricky golf course. Scoring is good if you stay in play. Uh, the greens are rather large, the Bermuda greens. They're supposed to be about 12 on the stem. They're not going to be overseeded like they are uh, previous times for the Masters. It's going to be a, a much different feel out on the course. You have to be able to scramble here, and scrambling is very difficult. With the, There's a bunch of runoffs areas, uh, collection areas, and interesting kind of rough cuts. So it'll be really interesting to see how it all plays out. But for the most part, super long. The par fives are gettable if you're super long, but otherwise it's got three shots to get to most of these uh, par fives for the shorter hitters, unless they're getting tons of roll. Sounds like they won't, like you are saying, with the water issues. And when you look at weather this week, um, wind is always an issue out here. There's, it's going to be 10 to 15 miles an hour wind most days, and there's chances of rain Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So should be a fun one in Houston, Jesse. What uh, sure. stats you looking at? Uh, a lot of the usual stuff. I mean, we're at another putting contest here. So whoever you can predict will make the most putts. will probably win the golf tournament. 
But the important thing about that is it's on Bermuda. Um, so looking at the splits on, on Bermuda, I think is important. Um, I do weight distance more than accuracy on this golf course, greens and regulation, birdie or better percentage, uh, all those kind of things. Yeah, we'll get to the Bermuda stats in a minute. We're going to fansharesports.com. Use promo code always press to get 20% off the package of your choice. Football, golf, NBA starting up soon as well. So we'll have all that for you at Fanshare Sports. When you look over the last six events, DraftKings scoring-wise in this field, and this this was like a first – well, there was many giveaways that this field isn't that strong. But usually when I read this top ten off, there's guys in the 90s and some in the 100s. Um, the highest guy is Richie Warwinski at 88.4. Then you got Denny McCarthy, Sebastian Munoz, Russell Henley, Harris English, Brian Harmon, Robbie Shelton, Roberto Castro, Daniel Berger, and Sean Stefani. Loaded field. Loaded field. Um, past six events on Bermuda, top scorers on Bermuda. Johnny Vegas averaging almost 84 DK points on Bermuda courses. Doug Gim averaging 83. Kokrak, who is not in this field, so I'm not sure why he's on this. Uh, Henrik Norlander, Scotty Scheffler, Christopher Ventura is an interesting one to keep an eye on. Like Sean Stefani, Matt Jones, Henrik Stenson, and Sebastian Kaplan like playing on the Bermuda, at least when it comes to DraftKings scoring. If you look at the last four of uh, Houston Opens, DraftKings scoring-wise, you'll hear uh, Russell Henley's name a lot because he plays great here. In the last four events here, he's averaging almost over 108 DraftKings points. Sam Ryder's averaging 101. He's only played here once, though. Bo Hostler, 93. Berger, 92. Um, uh, Luke List, 87. Campos, 82. Stanley, 81. And a couple guys only played one event. Last but not least, good course history, good current form. You got the likes of Russell Henley, Daniel Berger, Bronson Burgoon, Henrik Stenson, and many, many more. I don't know about you, Jesse, but you got to be pretty happy hearing um, that uh, good old Daniel Berger name a few times, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get at it. Let's get into the DraftKings scoring now that we got a little, little bit of history course preview and fan share in play here. We got five guys over 10K, Jesse. In a field like this, stars and scrubs can get very, very scary. But uh, at the same time, you wouldn't be shocked if a scrub won. Hendrick Stenson, 11-4. Cam Champs up to 10-8. Brian Harmon, 10-6. Berger at 10-4. And Russell Henley at 10-1. What piques your interest 10K and above? I mean, just start with Berger. Like, the problem with all these guys above 10K is, like, it's hard to pay up for them. I mean, except for, you know, Henrik, I can kind of see that. But 11-4 for Henrik is a lot. So looking at Berger, I mean, I, I – obviously playing very well. He had a pretty good showing last week, uh, finished 18th, 23rd the week before that at the Safeway or the last time he played before that. Um, and then, you know, you talked about his, his kind of course history or whatever there, 18th, 5th, 5th, 25th in the last four appearances. So he plays this golf course pretty damn well. Um, do I want to pay 10400 for Daniel Berger? Not really. Um I do feel like that's how most people will view all these guys at the top. So if you go up here, you might potentially be a little bit different. I can't see any of these guys being definitely not over 15%, potentially all of them below 10%. That's just the way I kind of, my initial thoughts go. Um, The other guy would be Harmon. Um, Doesn't really necessarily play very well here, but he is playing pretty well overall just recently, 18th, 14th, and 4th in his last three starts on tour. The, the course history is not good. Miscut, 52nd, miscut, 58th, miscut, miscut. So 
he's a gamble, obviously. Um, should drive down some ownership though, with the course history not being very well, not, not, not being very good. Those would be the two guys that I'll go to. But to be honest with you, like I really feel like six to six percentage this week will be two or three percent, maybe. So trying to focus on getting six to six would be the thing, and I, it's just a whole lot harder to do, obviously, if you play one of these play one of these guys who are above 10k yep stars and scrubs will be nasty and the six or six percentage has been crazy um you know i have i've had four or sixes cash this year i've had five or sixes not cash it's it's bizarro world with the way things are going these days so yeah if you feel like it's safer not to pay up go for it um yeah henrik stenson 11-4 he's played great at this event he's only played like one event each of the last three months he's picking his spots in europe he's kind of the adam scott of europe these days but it, it's working out well for him when you look at Stenson's uh, recent events, uh, you know, a 17th, a third, and a 27th, a 20th, a fourth. Those are the last five events. It's really spread out. But sixth there last year, miscut second, a second, and a third earlier. He played really well at this course, but 11-4, as you stated, is very, very trickly, tricky. Uh, Daniel Berger does have my attention. It's just so hard, like you said, to pay for him. But he's finally getting it going. An 18th at the Safeway. We've been saying it time and time again that he's, you know, he's getting back in form. It's a matter of time. Finished 18th there last year and then fifth and fifth the previous two years. If you want to pay up, I could see paying up for Berger. I see the appeal there. And then I'm just going to throw out Russell Henley's info. I find it so hard to pay 10-1 for Henley. But when you talk about a horse horse for the course, it's crazy. An eighth, first, fifth, fourth, seventh his last five years. But then, you know, 37th. At, at uh, the Shriners, 54th at uh, Sanderson, 57th at Greenbrier. Aren't ideal, but he loves this golf course. Uh, moral of the story is if you are paying up here, I'd probably go Burger. I'm a Harmon guy. I love Harmon. I just usually don't like Harmon on long courses. That's usually not a thing I like. I like more of an iron play type guy. But at 10-6, he's coming in in great form. I, I could see him making the cut. I just don't know if I could see him contending. Could get that totally wrong. But Burger would be my choice up here if I'm paying up. All right, 9K range. You got Scheffler at 99, Patty Perez at 97, McCarthy at 95, Munoz at 94, Stanley at 93, Knox at 92, Jones at 91, Keegan at 9,000. Keegan mispriced again this week, like I said last week. And then Munoz, did you see what Munoz did, Jesse? He was four under through his first 17 on Thursday. Yeah. He hits a quad on 18 to finish even. Mm-hmm. And then on Friday, he shoots four under, misses the cut by one. Yep. Yeah, I did see that. I saw the quad. Unbelievable. But he's a birdie machine. But who do you like in the 9K range? Uh, I'll just start with Scotty Scheffler, 9,900. Um, again, another guy that's just hard to pay up for this much. It, it, it didn't have a good showing last week. It did make the cut, but the weekend was very bad. Um, so that might be good enough reason not to play him. I, I mean, he was very popular last week. He was you know, right around 23% owned, 31% at Sanderson's Farm. So, I mean, people know who he is and he's getting played quite a bit so you could play some ownership game there and fade him if you wanted to but i think he's okay at 9900 um you know i would rather kind of dip down and and especially in the 8ks we'll talk about that here in a minute but like munoz i mean the guy's playing really good obviously take away that one hole on uh thursday and he's comfortably you know through to the weekend um and as you know a bunch of make cuts in a row where now he's obviously coming off a miscut. He did win two weeks ago at the Sanderson's farm. So the form is there. The guy's playing really well. Denny McCarthy playing well too, two straight 
top twenties, including a uh, ninth place finish this past week at the Shriners. Um, he's never he's played here one time and, sh- and he finished forty third. Kyle Stanley is kind of a bit of a you know kind of I guess dark horse or something maybe you would say because the form coming in isn't great. He has made three straight cuts here, including eighth place finish in seventeen. 19th and 16 and, and 54th place finish in 14, um, 48th last week. I mean, that the, the current form is not great, 9,300, but the, you know, I, I feel like you can probably get him at some lower ownership there, but those would be my main four guys here. I mean, Munoz is probably my favorite play at 9,400 and maybe just hope that people see the miscut and don't do any digging that it was one hole out of 36 that cost him the cut. Yeah, no, I like that Munoz call a lot. The dude's a birdie machine, and he's, he's you know he's played college in Texas. He loves the area down there. At least he's familiar with playing golf in the winds of Texas. So I can see a lot of appeal for ba- playing the Sebastian Munoz at 94. I don't hate that at all. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, I'm a big fan of at 99 as well. We've been on him pretty much every event that we can be on him at, and it's not going to stop now. He's another guy from the Dallas area coming in in really good form. So Scotty I like quite a bit. Uh, you mentioned Denny McCarthy, another guy that I don't mind at all. Uh, he finished 43rd here last year, but in, you know, ninth last weekend, 18th at the Sanderson, 31st at the Greenbrier. Another guy coming in a really good form at that price point. And then I'm going to do it just like I did last week. Keegan Bradley's mispriced to me at $9,000 in a field like this. I'll go back to Keegs. If the, the guys we named off in 10K, somehow Keegan's not up there. I don't get it. I, I don't get it at all. He's the second highest ranked golfer in this field. He's getting no respect. 43rd here last year, 15th and 17. Missed the cut in 16, but then a 5th, 43rd, 10th, 4th, 51st. So he, he likes playing here, coming in in, in in decent form. I like him to make the cut and possibly make a run in a field like this. So Keegan at 9K, I'll be all over yet again. So 9K range, not too shabby. All right, 8K range. Harris English is up to 8,900. It's going to be a theme. Some guys priced up this week. Sam Ryder, 88, Tringali, 87, Bud Cauley, 86. Luke List had a, a heck of a run over the weekend in uh, Vegas at 85. Burgoon, 84, Hostler, 83, Ortiz, 82, Badley, 81, Griffin, 8K, and Zhang at 8K. I, I, I like a lot here, Jesse. Who are you liking? Yeah, at, at the top, especially um, English Ryder and Tringali. Uh, English is playing really well. Course history is not really what you'd want it to be necessarily um, for him to be like major chalk, which I I do think he'll be popular. He's not missed a cut since the three M open back in July Um, 33rd, sixth and fourth in his last three starts on tour. And then, you know, the the course history is miscut 61, 57, 50, 18. So like nothing special there. I do feel like he's figured something out though. Semi recently, because he's got three top tens in his last three starts and, Obviously, throwing that thirty-third place finish, you know, three top forties in his last three starts. Um, so, I, I I will play him. Ryder played well, really well last week. He finished fifth here last year, eighteenth um, place finish with a with a pretty bad Sunday round where he shot over par and everybody shoot, was shooting like fifteen, eighteen under par um, every day. Because I mean, that was a putting contest last week. Um, so Ryder, I think's fine. Tringali as well course history is recently it's not good miscut miscut 57 fifth and fourth so the fifth and fourth was back in 15 and 14 um and before that he was 16th and eighth so he's got some top 10 finishes here 
playing okay golf. I mean, I, th- I think he's totally fine to play at $8,700. And then last but not least, Lanto Griffin. Uh, you talked about him last week. Dude makes birdies and bunches. This year, he has not finished outside the top 20. And did you, was it Dyer Woke? Big Lanto fan here. It, it, wasn't it Dyer Woke who said that he's now at one times on Super Draft? Uh, yeah. He went from like 1.5 to 1 this week. 1.6. He's oh, been yeah. 1.6. Got quite the bump. And he was like, and everybody caught on last week. He was like 50% owned. And I was just played a little bit last week in the, in the $5, 50% owned. Um, but anyways, I think I, I love Lanto. You know, it, and I can stomach that price on him too. And it's a pretty big price bump, but everybody's getting one. And relative, I mean, he's only up 800 bucks from last week. Yeah, at 8K, I'm a big Lanto fan, like you said. Uh, 18th or better in every event so far. He finished 7th in the Corn Ferry Finals. The dude's coming in in phenomenal form. Birdie machine. Give me some Lanto at 8,000. Big, big fan of that. I'll have, I'll probably have too much of Lanto, so if he misses the cut, you know how my weekend's going to go. That, that's pretty much, I think, where I'll be yeah. there. He's a big, big fan of Lanto this week at that price point in this field. Harris English, 89, like you mentioned. Uh, no problem with him at all coming in the form he's coming in. 33rd at the Safeway, 6th and 3rd prior to that. You can definitely ride that um, this week. Bud Colley has my attention. He has my attention a lot because when he's on, he goes low. Like He finished 18th there last year, missed the cut in 17, and then he played the tournament in 13, then 12, 16, and 8. Missed the cut in, in Vegas, 44th at Safeway, 14th at the Greenbrier. Colley's got a huge ceiling but a gigantic floor as well. But at 8600 bucks, I don't mind him in a field like this. I'd probably rather go Cam Tringali. You mentioned him. I just love the way he, he turned things around late last year. We've been riding him for quite a while. 44th, 16th, 36th, his last third, three events. Missed the cut here last year like you were talking about, but then seven straight made cuts at this tournament, including a fifth, a fourth, and an eighth. So I can get behind that from Tringali quite a bit. Luke List at 8500 bucks is interesting in a field like this because if it's a putting contest, List can always be interesting because he's not the greatest putter. But he did finish 13th in the Shriners last week. Three straight made cuts here, including a third in 2017. You know, he's a really good distance driver, um, and if he, he can putt it all, he can make this quite interesting at 8500 bucks. Mentioned Lanto at eight k, and the only other guy I'll mention, he got a heck of a price bump as well. But, you know, he missed the cut at the Safeway after a sixth at the Sanderson, 19th at the Greenbrier, finished 55th at the Shriners, and finished 24th here last year at Bronson Burgoon. Another guy that's got some GPP volatility, but a big-time birdie machine as well. So, a Burgoon at 84, I can get behind. But Lanto at eight k, I absolutely love. I think that's a steal of a price tag on him. Yeah. 7,500 and above. Jesse, who are you looking at? Uh, start with Kevin Chappell at 7,900. Um, I feel like that's a really good price on him for this field. Of course, history's mm, 44th, miscut, miscut, 31st, 6th, miscut. So n- nothing to write home about. But, I mean, he hasn't missed a cut. This I mean, He's only played in two events. But, you know, I mean, basically he's – making cuts in these small in these kind of shitty field events and he's got the he's got the game to like go really low. He did shoot fifty nine, didn't he? Like yeah, at the Greenbrier. Yeah, safe on, that's safe. Uh, oh it was Greenbrier, yeah, right. Yes, Greenbrier, yes, yes, yeah. it was Greenbrier. My bad. Yeah. And then I mean didn't have a very good weekend after that, but you know, so the 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 potential is there. He's still figuring shit out coming off the injury. Robbie Shelton at seventy nine hundred dollars. Um he made the cut last week and just kind of coasted in. You know, so for seventy nine hundred bucks, I think he's he's fine. 
your boy Richie Wierinski, terrible course history, miscut, miscut, but playing really well, 18th and second in his last two starts, which is Sanderson and Greenbrier. Um, and then last but not least, uh, one of my favorite plays is Brian Gay. I don't think this is like an under-the-radar type of play or anything, but he finished seventh last week, 23rd the week before at the Safeway Open, um, and he's made two cuts here. I mean, 43rd in 2014 and 26th in 2009. I mean, it's nothing like outstandingly great, um, and he'll get a ownership increase this this week too. But basically, I'm I'm – I'm liking some Brian Gay at, at 7600 bucks. Yep, you just want those cut makers right now. Six to six is so, yeah, so he puts, valuable. He puts well on, Brack, on Bermuda as well. So, Yes, yes, he does. Um, I'm with you on Shelton at 79. That's a guy I've been riding quite a bit, 42nd, 52nd, 28th, 7th so far in the fall swing. So making cuts, he has that birdie ability at times as well. So I do like that. You mentioned Warwinski. Yeah, big fan of that. Course history, not the greatest, as you said, but – Recent form, a lot of these guys that don't have good course history here, well, they've been also on the web quite a bit or the corny quite a bit. So recent form for them might come in a little more handy to me. I still love my course history. Don't get me wrong, but recent form is going to be very, very important this week as well because we're also not used to this event this time of the year. So fall yeah. swing guys are a little different. Um, so it, it's going to be an interesting field. And the last guy, 7,500 and above that I like, and it's it's almost more just a price thing to me. He's made six straight cuts here, including the 15th and the 19th and 17th and 16th. Did miss the cut in Vegas, 56th at the Safeway. But Johnny Vegas at 75, a guy that can make birdies in a field like this. It wasn't very long ago that Johnny was a top 50 player in the world. Uh, maybe things have changed. You know, Jason Duffner's missed three straight cuts. Things change in golf. But Johnny Vegas at 7,500 bucks in this field, and he, he's got good course form here. I believe he's a Houston negative or close to Houston these days. Uh, I'll take my chance on some Johnny at 7,600 uh, as well. All right, below seventy five hundred. Who are you looking at? I got one, Jason Only Duffner. One. Yeah, was it because I said what of, I said? Do what? Is it because I said what I said? I had him checked off before. Oh, okay, um, three straight made cuts at this event: sixty fourth, twelfth, seventy seventh. Seventy seventh was back in two thousand nine. So whatever, but. His his form is not very good. Two straight missed cuts. He did make the cut at the Greenbrier. I don't know what the fuck's going on with Jason, but like the guy is a much better golfer than typically or has been in the past. I guess currently he's not really than seven thousand in this field. Um, so he's like the only guy that I'm like really give a shit about in this range. Who you got? Yeah, there's a few guys here. Um, if you want to go GPP. Tom Hoagie started out the fall swing very, very well um, with a, a a second at the Greenbrier, 39th at the Sanderson, missed the cut at the Safeway, took last week off. He's made three straight cuts here. So Hoagie could be a GPP-type play. Um, Mr. Thompson, he has played very, very well at this course, so I don't mind taking a chance on Michael Thompson as well. 14th and 12th the last two years here, coming in in a cut, 23rd a cut. So take your pick your poison there. Um, the other ones I do like a lot better than those two is Doc Redman, 42nd last week, miscut 52nd, 24th. I think he plays well at a, at courses, a course like this. Uh, Hubbard, like him a ton at 71. He's a birdie maker. He's been playing very well to start the season here. Uh, he finished 42nd, 13th, miscut 10th. So made three or four cuts with a 10th and a 13th in there. Finished the Corn Ferry Finals in fourth. I finished 19th here two years ago, three years ago. So Hubbard at 71, um, within a couple other cheapies here, 
that I don't mind is David Hearn. I mentioned him quite a bit. Big-time birdie machine, 52nd, 23rd, and 57th on the fall swing, 4th at the corny finals, made his last two cuts at this event. And last but not least, I mentioned him on some fan share information when it comes to Bermuda Greens out of Oklahoma State, Christopher Ventura, 18th last week, 62nd the week before. At 7K, he's a guy that can sneak up the leaderboard. So Hubbard, Ventura, and Hearn are three kind of cheapies that I, I don't mind sticking in my lineups. All right, the fun time, Jesse. 6K, who you got? Uh, start at the top there, uh, Stuart Sink, 6,900. Um, he's got five straight made cuts here, 23rd, 33rd, 50th, 58th, and 6th. Missed cut back in 2012. He didn't play here in 2018, but um, coming off a 28th place finish at the Sanderson's Farms, hopefully he's figuring some shit out. Uh, Zach Sucher. At uh, 66, um, talked about him plenty in the past. Uh, made two straight cuts on tour, so he's played well this this fall swing, 18th and 24th. Um, Rafael Campos, kind of a bit of a course history type of play, 7th in 2017 and 38th and 16, um, and has also made two straight cuts on tour. Uh, Safeway finished 33rd and. 61st at the Sanderson's Farm, so he's making some cuts at 6,500 bucks. Don't mind it if you want to go super deep. Um, Chad Campbell, now hear oh, wow. me out. Yeah, no, I, is... I have, okay, I'll hear you out because I, I don't hate it, but I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised, so intrigue me. Looking at some just course history stats, he hits it well around here now. Whether or not he can actually putt well, that's that's kind of your question, but. Um, 64th last year, 34th, miscut, miscut, 60th, 47th, and 13th. So he's made five of seven cuts at this golf course. He's missed a shit ton in a row on tour. Um, he will be next to not own. So if you want somebody who's 6,300 bucks or 61, sorry, $6,100 who will be not owned at all, um, you know, he might be your guy, and that's obviously only in GPPs. Yeah, that's a stars and scrub guy right there for you. If you're paying up, throw some throw some Campbell in there for yeah. you. A um, couple guys I like, Scotty Harrington, 23rd at the Safeway, missed the cut at this, uh, Sanderson, 24th at the Greenbrier, you know, finished the Corn Ferry Tour outstandingly to get his card. Has never played here before, but 69, I don't mind. You mentioned the Stew Goat. I love him at 69. I know he had a rocky go there for a while. He had to go back and earn his card. He's got a temporary card. It's a it's a shame what has happened to the Stugo, but I do like him here. Great course history, 28th at the Sanderson. So uh, Stugo to 69, definitely in play. Dougie Gim, the University of Texas uh, prospect. Don't mind him here at all. He missed the cut at the Sanderson, 31st at the uh, Greenbrier, and then that awesome finish in the Corn Ferry. He's interesting to me at 6,800. Uh, a couple others that's just coming in, in in decent form. If you're looking down here, is Rob Oppenheim. You did, you know missed the cut, made cut, missed cut, made cut, but finished 32nd here last year. So he he's an interesting one. I love the Roberto Castro call at 67. I was actually surprised to see him down here. I think I've mentioned him, or you mentioned him. One of us has mentioned him like every time for value because that's what he does. He makes that's, cuts. He that's all you. Oh, he, okay. He struggles. I can't take any credit for that. He struggles contending, but he makes cuts. I guess is what he does. So Roberto Castro at 67, I don't hate. Suker I had down here. I like that call a lot at 66. He's playing really well on his fall swing, like you mentioned. And the other guy, it seems like Castro and uh, and Campos 
are always one and the other with me. So Rafael Campos, you mentioned his his course history of seventh year two years ago, coming in with a 33rd and a 61st made cut. I think Campos is 65 is a very good salary saver on this slate. So if you got to get weird down below, there's options. Not always great, but there's options nonetheless. All right, Jesse, let's recap it real quick. Give me one guy, 10K and above. Um, I will go with uh, Barger. Yeah, I'm with you on Burger as well. Uh, 9K range. Give me two guys. Uh, Munoz and Scheffler. I'm willing to go Scheffler and Keegan Bradley. 8K range. Give two. Lanto and Harris English. Yeah, Lanto is... If you, you guys haven't figured that one yet, it's Lanto. And I'll go Tringali. List is close, though. List is very close. Uh, 7K. Just overall 7K. Give me three guys. Um, Chapel, Shelton, and Gay. I'll go Shelton, Hearn, and Ventura. Those will be the three I'll be targeting. And then give me two guys in the 6K. Suture uh, and, and Campos. I'll go Harrington and Campos. And the Stu Goats is an honorary member of the club. Yeah, So yeah. we'll go there as well. Um, all right. If you're starting a GPP lineup, which is pretty much every lineup these days, Give me three guys you're starting it out with. Um, I, th- I mean, I, I think that I would put, I just feel like in this field, like Lanto is cash and GPP. So I'm going to say Lanto. Yeah. Uh, Suture at 66 and then also um, Harris English. But no, no, no. Daniel yeah, Berger, go, I'm sorry. Yeah, Berger's a great call there. I'm going to go Bradley, Lanto, and Ventura for my GPP. Those would be my three boys there. If you're going cash, if you're crazy enough to go cash, where are you going? Um, I would probably start it with Harris English. Um, I don't mind, you know, uh, Keegan probably should make the cut in this field, I would think, for cash. Um, And then, you know, somebody like, you know, Lanto, I just, like I said, I feel like he's he's probably going to be 50% owned and miss the cut, so that'll be great. Yeah, yeah. So my Sunday will be – my Saturday and Sunday can be available real easily this week. One guy <laughs> can do it for me. One guy. Yeah. Um, I'll go Scotty Scheffler, Lanto, and Harris English for cash starting out points. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a rocky one. Rocky one for sure. A lot of cash lineups – people would think cash lineups are doing well in GPPs. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, okay, well, Lanto's 45-1. to 1. I think that's a great value. What else do you like this week? Yeah, what about Harris? Harris English is forty to one. Yeah, man, I think that's not terrible at all. And then uh, we got Suture. Suture, Suture, Suture. He'll be down here a little bit. This could be a good one. He should be a hundred plus, I would imagine. Yeah, he's gonna be down here. Like Harrington's there. Ventura's one forty. Castro's one forty. Man, where you at, Suture? Damn. Campos is two twenty five. I miss Suture. So give me a second here. I will find him. Stu Goats 110. What the world? Let me do control F. That might be a lot freaking quicker. Yes, he's 175 to 1. Suker's 175 to 1. I mean, this literally could be a guy. Like, this could yeah. be a field where a guy at, at close to 200 odds wins. Would There's not surprise chance. me one bit. 
that's what I'm saying. The six K range, like, don't be shocked. Like they're they're down there, and it can get real interesting. Like, I, I think list at fifty to one is interesting. I, I don't hate the the um, the Suker call at all. I think it could be very very interesting to say the least. Like Ventura at one ten or whatever sounds interesting to me as well. Those young Oklahoma State Norwegians could uh, fire it off. But uh, that'll wrap us up this week. So we won't keep blabbering on about the Houston Open. But uh, any final thoughts for this wonderful, wonderful event we have here? I got nothing, man. Have fun. Yep, it's going to be a wild one. Hit us up in the Slack chat if you got any questions. We'll be in there talking, as always, with Dyer and company. So come join us there. You can find Jesse on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods, podcast at Always Press DFS, and I am at BDNTrick. But until next time, this was the Always Pressing PGA DFS podcast previewing the 2019 Houston Open. Catch you guys later. Oh,